0: 25, a lot of very interesting halachot, especially about Avelut, and we begin with the mishnah, shalucheh mitzvah Piturim in ha Someone who's on his way to perform a mitzvah. For example, he's going to learn Torah with his rabbi. He's going to visit someone the sick. Someone who's going to uh, redeem a captive person. And so he's on the way. And uh, while he's involved in that mitzvah he doesn't have to sit in the sukkah. It's a more general rule that shalucheh mitzvah p'turim in mitzvah When you're involved in any mitzvah, you don't have to do another one. It's like, you know, your boss tells you, uh, go to the bank. Oh, now you, you know you also have a meeting. Okay, you can't do both. You got to do one or the other. As the rishonim discuss: Is this does this rule apply even when you can do both? All right, let's say I'm on my way, but uh, okay. So, but I could I could stop off for lunch, and there's a you know sukkah in the way? Uh, am I patur anyway, or only if it's out of the way? And now I'm going to get delayed, and I'm going to miss the thing I'm doing. Only then patur min hamitzvah. So that's the between the rishonim uh, in which cases it, this applies. Someone who is sick uh, does not have to stay in the sukkah and also the people taking care of the sick, right? This is a priority. you got to take care of the person and therefore they could eat bread outside the sukkah. And the third example is anyone, even if they're not involved in a misphah or sick, they can eat and drink in a temporary way outside the sukkah. The word adai is interesting because the whole sukkah is a temporary structure, right? But the point is you can have a snack or just a drink outside the sukkah. So all these are exceptions to those who have to eat in the sukkah. So we begin, What is the source that someone who's uh, involved in the in mitzvah does not have to sit in the sukkah? Perfect. Uh, parashat ha-shavua. Coincidence, right? So when do you have to... Uh, say, Kiryat Shema and other mitzvot that are similar to that, uh, Tifidin, um, only when you're sitting in your house. In other words, when you're doing your own thing and you have nothing else to do, then you could, um, then you sit, then you have to sit in the sukkah. Um, and then you have to do Kiryat Shema and everything. But if you're pretty involved in the mitzvah, then you don't have to the chatan. And the next phrase when you're on your going on your way, so you have to say Shema, when you are traveling, wherever you are, but not a chatan. A chatan on the night of his wedding, when he's thinking about consummating his, his marriage, he's preoccupied. And so therefore he does not have to say Shema. Now, technically, that's also mitzvah. So how come he's not included in the uh, he's involved in mitzvah, so he's patul from a, from a mitzvah. He might say the same thing. Tosafot asked this question, and they say, no, a is even more, because a chatan, even while he's just sitting around, not involved in the mitzvah, he's sitting uh, during the party, people are, are serving him, he's not involved in every, any particular mitzvah, he's you know traveling, whatever. So even so, even at the times when he's not actually involved in, uh, in uh, that mitzvah, he's still patur, so that's why he has an extra uh, uh, extra thing. Um, good, so that's the baraita. This baraita, Tosafot points out, there's another version in the Yerushalmi where the the two pesukim are switched around. That, that's talking about a chatan You only have to say kiriat when you're home and sitting around doing your own thing. But if you're home and you're involved in a mitzvah that you do at home, then you're a patur. That's talking about someone who's on his way out doing a mitzvah. He's going, performing, visiting the sick, redeeming a captive, going to study Torah. That's so actually switching it around makes a little bit more sense. Um, I did do do a quick check on the manuscripts, all the manuscripts of the Badli have, what we have here in the printed edition. Um, So the the other version is only in the Talmud Yerushalmi. Okay, and therefore, um, the, 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 the rabbi said that someone who marries a betulah when it's her first marriage, then he does not say, but for a Hayav. Now, what would be the difference? For him, it's also mitzvah, right, both ways. So what's the difference between bitullah and almanach for him? Well, he's still more preoccupied regarding the bitula. He's afraid. What if there's no dam betulim? Right. And now you have to go back to the to the drawing board, go back to the negotiations, you know, you know how many goats we paid and all that. OK, so that's another preoccupation besides uh, just the, the mitzvah part of it and the, the general uh, preoccupation with uh, with the with that act. OK, so my mashma. Now we're, the Gemara is confused. How does the pasuk exactly mean this when it says, baderech? how exactly does that mean not we're reading it as if it says um, like when you're on your way. Usually when you're going somewhere, you're walking around because of your own voluntary will. I decide I want to go here. I want to go there. So it has to be anything like that. When you're not involved in anything particular, then you have to say Shema. But otherwise, if you're going for a particular reason for a mitzvah, then you're involved in that. You don't have to say Shema or sit in the Sukkah. So, right, this is a continuation of the explanation. Where is he going? Isn't he going for mitzvah? And nevertheless, you have to say Shema so now we're zeroing in we're actually learning it from for your going when you are going for, on your own for your own purposes then you have to say Shema but if you're going as a shalich, uh for for Hashem for the Torah then you're not under your own control you don't you can't you can't ever right if you're on a On a business trip. You can't decide to take a day off and go to museums. I'm on a business trip. I have a, right, I'm not on my own time. So you only have to say Shema when you're on your own time, doing your own thing, uh, your own sitting, and not sitting for a mitzvah. Okay, good. Wait, if that's true, then almana also. That's also mitzvah. It's not your own sitting and going. No, there's still a difference in uh, psychologically a uh, person who is marrying a betula is he can't, it's not only the mitzvah, it's also that he can't concentrate properly on Shema because he, he's thinking about the, the betulim and his first marriage and all that. So he, he just simply can't concentrate. But Almanah, he's a, he's not preoccupied in that, in the same way. Um, okay, you know, uh, nowadays, we don't follow this. Uh, even they say Kiryat Shema. And the reason is because uh, they say most people aren't concentrating on Shema every day anyway. So it's not like the you know, if back in the day when everybody was really concentrating, okay, this guy, he can't say Shema. But okay, this night is really the, every, every other day, you're doing a perfect job. So it's the same as every day. Uh, so therefore, we don't do this. Okay, they brought one example. Of someone who is preoccupied, so he can't concentrate. So maybe that applies to other cases, people who are preoccupied and and can't concentrate. What if someone his uh, merchandise sank on a ship, right? And now he's all upset. Oh no, you know what am I going to do? My whole business tanked. Um, He can't concentrate on Shema. Maybe you'll say he's also patur. Maybe you'll say, yeah, indeed, that's the case. (laughs) אבל Hayab, בכל המסוות המורות בתורה חוס מן הטפילין נאמר Ah, so we say, no, you're not going to say this because look at Avel. Avel, he's preoccupied. He just lost a loved one. It's uh, hard for him to concentrate. Nevertheless, Avel is has to do all the mitzvot in the Torah um, except for Tifilin. Tifilin in the Pasuk Enicheskel calls it uh, splendor. It's like a crown. So when someone's Avel, they shouldn't be wearing a crown that's uh, too, too, too happy, too glorified. But everything else Avel has to do. Okay, we have to distinguish between aninut and avelut, right? Aninut means the first, before the body is buried, that's onen. Onen is patur from all mitzvot ase. Um, because he's, has to, he's involved in the mitzvah, right? You have to, you have to go and, uh, and bury and bury the person. Other people also who are involved, right, are also peturim. So therefore, uh, onen does not say shema, berachot, all that. And we're talking here about avel. Avel means after the burial, for those seven days. Okay, we're going to come back to the statement about Tefillin. Keep it in mind, and uh, well, we'll say more about it. Um, so, <laughs> so, what's the difference between uh, this person, the, the person who is involved in, uh, on his wedding night, and he doesn't have to say it, because he's preoccupied and can't concentrate, and then how come someone who's, uh, whose boat sank does have to constant uh, does have to say shema. So the answer is when you're preoccupied with a the mitzvah, then you're a patur. But if it's reshut, meaning it's uh, something that just happened to, to you, um, you have to gather yourself together and and say shema anyway and concentrate on it. And so we learn that from Aveil Also, he said because he lost someone, right? We understand you're sad. Uh, nevertheless, for a few minutes, concentrate and say shema. Okay, I'm going to get to the difficulty in a second. How sek be misvah patur min hamisvah mehacha nafka mehatam nafka. Okay, we just had one derivation if you're involved in one misvah patur, we learned it from b'lechtecha baderich. But we say, no, wait, there's another place we derive it from, the Tanya, bahi anashim asher hayu adam, right? In Bemidbar, you had people that came to Moshe on Pesach, and they said, we're tameh, can't, we can't perform uh, Korban Pesach. What should we do? We don't want to lose out and not be able to do Korban Pesach. It's not just a mitzvah. This is like a major mitzvah that shows our connection with the people and the berit, so we don't want to lose out. And Moshe says, oh, you're right, good point. Pesach sheni. Now, tamanim mihayu. Who were these people, and why were they tameh? Uh, now, uh, this is, goes into derash. I mean, there's people dying all the time. There's always someone who was tameh. Uh, but we say, well, maybe it's someone specific that we know. Nose, I don't know. Shel hayu. ha haGalili. I remember they had to take the bones of Yosef, who was uh, interred in Egypt, and he said, "Take my bones out." So someone had to carry the bones. The bones are tameh. Anyone who's carrying them are a tameh. They're in a the coffin still. If you're carrying a coffin, also also tameh. And so, right, it goes down. It goes down as well. Um, and even, even without the ohel, just carrying bones, right, is masa. So they're a they, tameh. That's one opinion. Mishael hayu oskin avihu. Mishael are the people that when adav and avihu died on the day of consecration of the Mishkan, they're the ones that pulled the bodies out. And so they were tameh lamet. Okay, so uh, the rabbis, they're looking for people that we know that for sure were, were tameh, right? They were, had, someone had to be involved in these two, um, in these two burials. Um, it's like disagrees he said the people carrying Yosef, they were carrying them on their way from Egypt till they got to uh, to hal Sinai then they're at Har Sinai for uh, 10 months right they received the Torah they built the Mishkan this is consecration day is uh, is almost a year later so they had plenty of time that to become tahor, and it only takes seven days, and they weren't carrying, it was just the, the, the Adon, it was just sitting there. So that doesn't, that's not the, that doesn't make sense. And, Also, al-Safan. When was the inauguration day, Yom Hashemini? That was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And now we're talking about the fifteenth, 14th of Nisan. So again, you have two weeks, more than enough time, to become tahor. There's no mikveh. Oh, they had to find something. They had to find a uh aqueduct or something. Uh an underground aquifer. You know, the Dead Sea sect. They didn't they get water. But you can go there and they have a dozen, at least a dozen mikvot. Um, they built a whole aqueduct system. And the few times that it rains throughout the, throughout the year, they collect all that water in cisterns and mikvot. And they, they use it. So even in the desert, you got to find something. Um, okay, so rather, Rabbi Yitzhak has a different answer and he says, um, they were involved in met mitzvah, right? Someone, someone died out there. I mean, technically, it could be a relative also, but um, uh, met mitzvah makes even more sense because then they could ask a question. Do we have to? Do we, to should we come? It, uh, there are a few days before Pesach, met mitzvah, they're going to go to Moshe. Well, what, should, what should we do if we do this mitzvah? We won't be able to do konman Pesach. So Moshe says, no, bury the, bury the dead and don't do, forget about uh, konman Pesach. So there you go. how the mitzvah. But to min they're involved in burying the dead, and therefore they're making themselves not able to do Korban Pesach. We say furthermore that maybe they buried the dead exactly seven days before, so that the seventh day ended on the 14th, which means they couldn't prepare Korban Pesach, even though on that night they would be Tahol. And they could eat it if someone else had prepared it. Nevertheless, no, they're patur. All right, they could do it the next day. They could eat it the next day. Nevertheless, because they're not part of the preparation, they can't be part of the eating either. And that's why they come and ask. And Moshe says, okay, you do it next month. Um, so now we have two different derivations for the principle that someone who is involved in a in mitzvah does is, is exempt from another mitzvah. One from belich techa and one from pesach sheni. So why do we need both derivations? One should one should suffice. So here's why: sericha pesach. If I only had the one regarding Pesach Sheni, I would say there, Pesach didn't come yet. So right now, there's a dead person, I have to do the mitzvah now, the other mitzvah doesn't, doesn't apply it. So I would say, in that case, yes, you're involved in this mitzvah, do this mitzvah, and you'll worry about the next mitzvah later. But the kiddushin example is where they both apply at the same time. I'm involved in one mitzvah right now to go learn Torah uh, or, or or to consummate the marriage, and now right now this I'm saying I have to say kiddushin. So I would say in that case maybe not. Um, so therefore, I need, I need the case of, uh, I, need, I need that case. If you only told me regarding Kiryat Shema, there's no, if you miss Shema, there's no Karet. So I would say in that case, okay, Patur, what's the big deal? It's just you, you, uh, you missed out on an opportunity for an Asseh. You didn't do a uh, violate Karet. But then I, I might say regarding Pesach, no, that's Karet. No, so you know what? Don't, don't bury the dead guy, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to miss that on Korban Pesach, Korban Pesach is more important. Karet, so therefore, um, Shulchan Mitzvah are not patur from from the Mitzvah uh, in the case of uh, in the case of Korban Pesach. Uh, still, uh, still an aser. It's not karet. Let's say I didn't do it. I saw that guy and I. Uh, that's a different. Uh, right. 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 <laughs> Okay, good. So you say, I think it's a bit more serious than I don't. So that's, that's why we need both derivations, that even if it's not simultaneous, and even if it's not karet in all cases, if you have one mitzvah to do, you don't have to do the other. Okay, so that, that concludes that whole discussion. But now you mentioned this thing about tefillin. We want to go back to that and analyze it further. So gufa. Rav. We're going to see uh, three different statements by Rabbi Abba in the name of Rav. So this is the first of a whole series. haya Okay. So avel, which means after the burial for seven days person has to do all the mitzvot except for tefillin. Right now, it sounds like you wouldn't wear tefillin all seven days. Um, uh, how do we know that? Because they're called pe'ed. Where do we learn this from? Yechezkel. Yechezkel, here, Hashem tells them, listen, your wife is going to die. Your beloved wife is, is going to die, but I don't want you to do any of the laws of mourning. Right? no uh, covering your face, they would wear a veil, right? no going barefoot, none of these things. And this is a sign everybody's gonna ask you, you know, why'd you do this? And they say, this is a sign of B'nai Israel. We are gonna be, have a destruction. It's gonna be so bad, we won't be able to mourn. Right? That's how that's, we're gonna be you know, uh, 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 on the way. This is like you know, in Iraq when they had the suicide bombings and then the suicide bombers would come to the mourners' homes. So they couldn't. If you have a more, if you mourn for someone, then they uh, attack those. They couldn't even mourn. Um, So Yecheskel says that's what's going to happen. The next day, his wife dies, and he he does this. That's exactly pe'er, right. So don't bind your splendor upon you. This talking about some kind of headdress, a turban uh, that would usually wear. No, you have to look disheveled and take off your turban. The, the, the pesukim don't say that it's tefillin, but the rabbis derive, what is pe'er, what is, a, what is a, something glorious that you wear on your head? That's tefillin. And that's why on your auntie Shabba We don't wear tefillin, right? That's the uh, the the custom of Shulchan Aruch is not to wear tefillin at all, not at home and not in bed knesset. You come to bed knesset and you pray without tefillin. In the afternoon, you put on tefillin because already then it's the hamu, right? You 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 pass the time. So um, so that that's uh, so this is the source that Avel would not. But then the Gemara qualifies it. Amos said that the day of death is a, is a bitter day. From here we learn that the first day of Abelut is the most bitter, right? That's where the emotions are the most raw. By the second day, the third day, the first three days are also, but then, you know, it gets, uh, it gets less and less. So therefore we limit. Rav's rule that Avel only doesn't wear tefillin on the first day of Avelut, but after that he, he does wear tefillin. And that is halakha lemaseh, right? right? Avel, the first day, should not wear tefillin at all. Um, people get confused because they think it's because they were onen in the morning. Usually we bury sometime, you know, at noon, whatever, or, you know, 11 a.m. So because a person is a onen, he doesn't pray at all, doesn't say bedachot, he doesn't, certainly doesn't put on tefillin. And then he goes and he buries. There are, now, some people, they want to be a machmir. They says, oh, I didn't put on tefillin today. When they come back from the burial, they go and put on tefillin. This was never the custom. This was never done. It's something people decided to do on their own, and it gets against the halacha, because this not putting on tefillin is not only because of onen in the morning, the entire first day, Shulchan Aruch says, no tefillin. Besides the the praying and other things, like if if the burial was early in the morning and you still have a chance to say Kiryat Shema afterwards, okay, you could say Kiryat Shema. But Tefillin should not be be worn entire the first day. It's not an Isur, though, right? It looks like it's just your patur. I think it's an Isur. I mean, if you you want to do it, is it, I don't know, it it seems uh, it will be uh, negative. You're you're supposed to show your your, your mourning, and then you're going out with all splendor. It's not appropriate. He specifically has to because he has to, he's the exception. He right. says, you, Yechezgeel, I want you to go dress nicely and everything and don't do any customs of mourning because everyone's going to ask, oh, how come you're not doing this? And he's going to say, because of this is happening to you and you won't be able to mourn. So he's the exception. From his exception, we actually learned a lot of the laws of mourning. Okay, so this is very important, very interesting halakha. And uh, so it's good, it's good um, to know this. Okay, now we have a second statement also in the name of rav on the same theme. Uh, seems there was a collection of different statements Rav said about this. Uh, Aveil haya basukah. To, has to sit in the sukkah. Not, again, onen would not have to sit in the sukkah before the burial, but uh, uh, someone who's Avel, um would have to. I mean, you don't actually, uh, you, don't, you don't practice aveilut on the holiday. Right. So, if he happened before, then the break it would break. If someone had happened on the holiday, then he wouldn't start. He, he wouldn't start till he wouldn't start till after. Um, okay, but it seems uh, nevertheless within that period. Uh, he still has to sit in the sukkah. Peshita obviously does. Uh, Avail has to do all the mitzvot. We might have compared this statement of Rab with another statement of Rab that someone who's suffering doesn't have to sit in the sukkah. We apply that uh, when it's cold, uh, it's not, you know, it's, whatever reason, it's uh, not comfortable to sit in sukkah, then patur. So maybe you'll think this person is mistad he's suffering because he's thinking about the, the, his law, the loss of his loved one. Kamashmalan <laughs> hanami now, when, when Rav said someone who's suffering, that's talking about suffering that comes on its own. Like it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too smelly. But here, it's something that's internal. You are feeling suffering psychologically because you're thinking about your loss. All right, it's a holiday, right? You got to take a break, concentrate on the happiness of the day and, uh, and sit in the sukkah. So the, your suffering has nothing to do with this. Are you going to feel any better if you go inside? You're still going to be suffering, right? It's not related to the, to the sitting in the sukkah. I remember, you know, a Shabbat also, we shouldn't experience mourning I remember the Shabbat when uh, Rabin was assassinated and I uh, was on a Shabbaton with Rav Lichtenstein for, for Gush Etzion Shabbaton. And we heard the news. Uh, it was on Shabbat. And so we all heard the news. We we're talking about, it, you know, we we're talking to each other's students. And Lichtenstein is going on, giving the Tadasha during Sudashi Sheeshit. Like nothing happened. We figured maybe he didn't hear about it. You know, he's, he's all excited and thing. And then the second uh, they said Havdalah, his face dropped and he went like, and, you know, and felt, you know, say on Shabbat, he said, I'm going to push off my reaction, my emotions till after Shabbat. So that was an instructive um, uh, story. Okay. Now a third statement um, by also Rav. Hatan binin. The and all the right the uh, the best man all the all the people that are there to uh, make the chatan happy and take care of all food and sing um, all patum all seven days um, there's always uh, there's always a parallel between avelut and the seven days of chatan uh, right there's a, a, a lot of parallels I can't even get to them now but in um, both you're preoccupied with Comforting someone or making someone happy. Because they have to rejoice and you have to eat in the suka and then be, uh, and uh, no, so they have to rejoice. So it's hard to rejoice in the sukkah. So we want to use the, 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 the home uh, to do that. So then we ask, okay, so I know you want to eat a meal. So eat in the sukkah and sing in the suka. So do, have your sheva have your in the sukkah, what's the problem? No, you can only do it in the chuppah. Chuppah doesn't mean what we call chuppah, the uh, four sticks. They would build a home for the chatan and Kala. It would be like this temporary, I don't know, tent kind of thing uh, where we talked about it the other day. Rabbi. With Rabbi, Rabbi Avi uh, spoke about it right so this would be a special um, a, a special uh, a, a tent that is specific for them they was decorated and everybody would come it would be in like you know a public place and everybody could come and enjoy so you need the chupa. it's made for that and if you're doing the sukkah it's not going to be the same. So fine, so eat in the sukkah, and then when you finish the meal, then go to the chuppah and do the singing and dancing. No, You can't enjoy except with the food, right? Everybody knows that. Everybody, all the crowd always always gathers to wherever the food is, or maybe where the bar is, you know? um, Okay, so therefore, you have to, uh, therefore, you have to do it in the chuppah, and uh, but doing it in sukkah is not gonna be as enjoyable for the chatan, so we prioritize the happiness of the Chatan. All right. Why don't you make the Chupa, right, this in- special wedding canopy in the Sukkah and put them all together? mal mishum yichud. says, no, it's a problem of yichud. Yichud with another man. Usually they put the sukkah on a roof, on a balcony, a place that's not in the public thoroughfare, so then, you know, you're going to have uh, some best friend comes over, and the guy has to go somewhere, and then you're going to have the, the bride and the best friend yeah, and alone together, so we want to avoid that, whereas uh, if it's a uh, chuppah is in a public place, is everybody is always coming in and out, and they won't have Yichud. Rava Rava says, no, the chatan, he's always going to feel uncomfortable. Sukkah, you make it with three walls, two and a half walls. Okay, he's trying to be intimate with his wife. There's people looking. Uh. (laughs) Right? The elephant uh, is making noise. (laughs) So... Right. Okay. So, my benayhu, what would be a practical difference between a de aile So, practical one is if there's a, if you put the sukan in a place that's uh, in the middle of the, the street on the sidewalk, and there's a lot of people that come all the time, so then you're not going to have But The one who says I'm worried about uh, people looking and we're not going to have privacy, then it is a problem. Uh, so, you know, they're actually opposite, almost opposite worries, right? One is that it's too secluded, one is that it's too public. Uh, so I imagine the chuppah of the chatan, the one that they usually make is something that is in a public area, but that you can close it up and have privacy when you need. <laughs> right. Says, I don't know what your problem is and when I got married I did both I ate in the sukkah and then we had a party in the chupa and I was extra happy because I knew that I fulfilled both mitzvot so you can do both and uh, he doesn't agree with uh, what we said before so the chatan and all the people that are uh, making him happy and uh, do not have to uh, patur from prayer and tefillin, but they do have to say See the first one is is more important? It's the uh, oraita, and uh, you don't have to. You know, you can have uh, some concentration just for a few minutes to say kaddishema. The disagrees and says the is patur. He's preoccupied. Everybody else, <speaking in Hebrew> right? Go outside for a minute, and uh, and you can you can pray and you can put on tefillin, and uh, it's not a big deal. So he disagrees. <speaking in> Baruch <Hebrew>